Hello and welcome to the 380th episode of the Creighton Crowbar, a podcast about PC gaming. We're recording this on the evening of the 10th of September. Uh, and by we, I mean me, and I'm Alex Wiltshire, and tonight I'm joined by Tom Senior. Hello again. Hello it's again. Us again. It's yeah, us it again. Like we did it's quite recently. <laughs> Time is now, I mean, popularly over the last year and a half, um, we've, we should be coming out of the everyday feeling the same. But for me, every day is feeling the same a little bit. That's because I've got a little puppy and I'm having to get up really early. Yeah. That, that, he does that the same sense. things every day. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he does his wheeze. He does his poos. He does his yeah. chews. He <laughs> does his jumping up. He does his, chew, uh, my arm. I've got this horrible puncture wound on my right forearm. I've got a, about a four inch scratch on the inside of that forearm. My left forearm is looking all right, actually. Just a few small scratches. Feeling a bit beaten up. And left the teeth, teeth are presumably still at that kind of weird needle stage the puppies have. Where <laughs> They're at the needle stage. Really blood. I think that he's also, because, you know, he's been, he's been using them a hell of a lot. He likes to chew stones and stuff. And um, <laughs> I think it's time to get a few nicks and sort of chips in them, giving them an extra kind of... <laughs> your, dog's, your dog's playing life in hard mode here. He's going around eating, he's a... eating rocks. That's a... <laughs> he's an absolute psycho. He's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's, he's actually really lovely and very, very sweet. And um, he just goes wild about twice a day. <laughs> and some, yeah, for some yeah, reason, they seem to be always there. <laughs> <laughs> do you think where that you just, uh, dogs do this where they'll sometimes just go absolutely buck wild for about 30 seconds and just run around in circles <laughs> uh, at, at, like at maximum speed just incredibly fast you realize how quick they actually are as animals um and then they'll suddenly stop and sort of stare into space for a moment as though they've just like glitched <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> their circuitry is just kind of misfired for a, for a minute i, I mean dogs. clearly clearly it's got something to do with the matrix like their oh yeah their simulation their programming's gone a bit gone, gone a bit screwy the Matrix Four uh, was yeah. it's been revealed. We've all been was it red pilled? I forget which pill it is. I've got to say, like <laughs> uh, the way that the Matrix films have been co opted by uh, incels of the alt right has right. ruined the series for me. <laughs> I can't exactly get away from it. I, I can't yeah. get away from the imagery and um, <laughs> not associating with uh, people on the internet. Um, and that trailer is absolutely filled with going on about pills as well. And it's sort of, yeah, idea. yeah. It's, oh, pills no. the, <laughs> it's probably quite good film. So, yeah. <laughs> it looks quite fun. I noticed that Keanu Reeves is, is, is doing the, the face. <laughs> <laughs> His one face. Yeah. I love that face. It's great. There was um, a period where like uh, all Keanu Reeves could do was look a bit confused um, and <laughs> that happened to be perfect for both Bill and Ted and Neo and the Matrix uh, so I think like he looked out he's kind of become quite a, an eccentric figure now isn't he Keanu Reeves especially he he's has. turning up to cyberpunk and uh, he's, he's yeah I think I quite like him I think I think yeah my wife sort of said um, who's who's kind of not in not been swept along with um, the Keanu renaissance at all as marked by um, his appearance at that that cyberpunk um, sort of expo on the Sony stage or whatever it was. Yeah, or yeah. It was. She was, you know, that she's oblivious to all of that and probably isn't aware of all those Reddit posts where he's kind of given a hundred dollars to someone or given them a hamburger or talked <laughs> to them for half an hour at a bus stop, all that stuff and how wonderful he is. Um, she, she just remarked through it. 
I used to think he was a dick, but now I like him. So I'm looking forward to this film. (laughs) (laughs) That's what. Yeah, job done. He's been uh, been rescued. He kind of reminds (laughs) me of Tom Hanks a bit, like uh, Tom Hanks' mega movies are very actually lovely in real life. And uh, yeah. I like this sports Aston Villa, which is, you know, and he collects typewriters. <laughs> yes. And he made a typewriter app as well, didn't he? He did. But he, he apparently was, wasn't very nice to uh, some extra or someone. I mean, no, it was like a, one of the actors, I think, on um, oh, no. Under Brothers and kind of destroyed their entire. <laughs> and Hogg, they, he, he said he didn't like their smile or something. And, you know, this they, that, it was their big break and oh, um, no. sent them off, off set. And so they were just sort of, oh, okay. And that was that big break gone. This person has since um, done a podcast talking about, I think, basically what has happened in their life, you know, since this pivotal moment. Oh, really? Oh, no. <laughs> Sounds grim. It's crushing. And Tom Hanks is going, oh, no. <laughs> please don't make, please don't. I mean, I think about all the things I've done over my work life and the thought of anyone making a podcast series based on something. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> yeah, imagine. Me getting really annoyed with some, like, doing a kind of like a tetchy edit on someone's text, <laughs> sending them into a... A, a spiral of misfortune. Spiral, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh. oh, well, I don't know how we got onto that, but uh, I don't uh, especially because there's actually loads of video game news around this week, so we can actually have more to talk about than usual uh, than we have in the past few months. The most important being Fat Thor for me. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so this is this is great. I think this is a, a good continuation of. Uh, so Boulder was in the first uh, God of War, and I really liked what they did with him. Cause he was like super scrawny and just yeah. really weird and intense. Like he had this icy kind of stare that go like uh, was pretty much unforgettable. And he kind of was just a, a cocky thug. I thought it was just like such an interesting take on Oh God. Yeah. Uh, they resisted making him like super hench or making him kind of glow or, you know, making him look super Saiyan. He just kind of looks like a dude who can move really fast. And yeah. it's it's just it's something quite unnerving about it. So I like the yeah, idea that's, that, that's the word, isn't it? He's really unnerving. Yeah, yeah. It's just like he's just not quite normal uh, in a way that actually it's, I th- that's a really nice way to realise a deity. And um, they've gone in a different direction with Thor, but I could kind of see the similar logic behind it, where it's just, it's just Thor has been realised in popular culture so many different ways that having him uh, giving him a mead belly. <laughs> is is as probably as subversive a thing as you could do with him though actually i think uh in one of the avengers films uh thor put on a, a lot of weight and in, uh, in his despair at the start he does but it's treated as an aberration isn't it like it's a reflection it is, yeah, of kind yeah, of him getting a sort of a bit bit let down but in this you know he looks kind of like this is who i am but like it, it makes totally makes sense for the stories because there are several stories about thor just eating a lot and oh winning, yeah winning as a result of just being really greedy <laughs> yeah and uh he gets into drinking contests with the giants the ice giants and all sorts that's of right, stuff yeah. like that's one of the reasons i thought i think he's so popular as a folk tale is that he's, he's just a, a mad lad who's <laughs> always drunk <laughs> all the time and this uh, is like yeah, yeah you know he's been the mad lad he's a bit older now and you know like he's got the body to uh to, to fit that yeah it's good it's good it's great it's good yeah i love it i love it very much looking forward to that game i had a great time with the first one um, yeah, that was a Sony exclusive, wasn't it? So it's not PC. But as we've learned, anything could come to PC. Uncharted Four can come anything to PC. There were so, rumors, uh, there have been rumors about God of War. Yeah, there have, and um, it, I mean, it would make sense, wouldn't it? Especially if you could sell the same game twice. Cause 
I would buy it again on PC, to be honest. I'm, I'm the problem. Yeah. <laughs> I'm part of the problem. And people getting grumpy about uh, companies just reselling the same game over and over again. Uh, I do <laughs> like... Uh, I'm, the, I'm the guy. I'm the, I'm the reason why people do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there was nothing particularly surprising about the trailer. Like, it was... Because no. I did think that, you know, the, the, that God of War was so so beautifully made you know yeah you know just yeah. the quality just dripped off everything you know from the cat the you know the camera work through to the kind of the visual style through to the combat itself you know it is oh, that just was so good the, the, beautifully, the move beautifully made the moves where um because you, you summon their axe back to your hand and there are moves where mm. you can catch it at the same time as launching a mega massive strike and it's so so good i did it yeah. like you, it's one of those uh, those amazing kind of bits of audio visual design that it's just satisfying to do thousands of times i've built my entire combat strategy around that one move yeah. doing it over and over again it's brilliant to the end uh yeah. good very much looking forward to that just a, yeah. a really really good third person hit things with a with an axe game <laughs> it's just really unapologetic about it um but with, and um good kind of you know dad anxiety your new religion uh it's <laughs> so, yeah just something quite straightforward about it so it's something a simple fantasy beautifully executed basically is, is just i admire that greatly yeah absolutely um, and speaking of beautiful third person games uh there was another one shown this week's Sony showcase again. It's, I think it's is, is it exclusive or is it exclusive at launch? That's a good like question. That? I don't know actually, but it's um, published uh, by Square Enix, isn't it? Yeah. So I, again, I'd expect to see that on PC. It's called Forspoken, uh, and I didn't know about this until Alex, uh, you pointed me towards the trailer just before we started recording, and um, I, I sat there going, "Oh, oh <laughs> that's that looks really gorgeous." You went, oh, oh, oh. Then you saw uh, a, an odd-looking cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had to come on, come on the cat. So it's, it's, it starts and it's like it's photorealistic and you're following the kind of hero of the story and she's uh, just kind of living life in, and it looks like New York, something like that, modern city. And uh, she quickly gets sucked into a portal uh, and pulled into slightly, unfortunately, generic-looking <laughs> countryside fantasy world. But... In between the bit where she's living her life and the portal bit, there is a, there's a weird, weird cat in there, Alex. <laughs> there's a very, I, I don't know, I don't know why they did that because like the human and the animation on the faces of the humans is incredible. But I don't know if this cat went to an intern or something <laughs> in the production yeah. process. Well, because the very... fur was really good. You sort of, you yeah, actually, yeah. Like in profile and like, yeah, okay, oh, that, that's a good looking cat. And then it turns, it, <laughs> it turns around. Oh dear. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh no. no. Whoopsie daisy. <laughs> what is this bulbous looking, <laughs> bulbous looking thing? Uh, yeah. So I had to, I hope that cat comes back. I mean, it's, it, fe- it features in the trailer. So much time goes into these trailers, and that cat is on there for like three or four seconds, and so much effort's clearly gone into it. I'm it's what, been a, it, that cat has been in, at a lot of meetings as well. Like every <laughs> element's been poured over. In yeah, after meeting it. Like maybe their arguments. Maybe they had a worse-looking dog. Who knows? <laughs> maybe it was originally a dog, and they sort of like, how do we fix this, guys? <laughs> Quickly to the, to the community <laughs> asset store. Ch- change the sliders. <laughs> Anything. <laughs> Uh, anyway, the game looks quite. The game looks, looks gorgeous. Uh, you, I think you just, she gets sucked into a fancy world and becomes a wizard by the looks of it. And then, get, uh, as soon as I started seeing the, the motion powers and just her bolting across rooftops and flying and dashing through the air, I was like, "Oh yeah, that looks great." 
I'll, yeah, there's some just lovely sort of yeah, was... sort of dashing through the air, semi-flying stuff that looked really thrilling to to, to do. Yeah, and just massive elemental spellcasting, including a kind of uh, uh, two palms outstretched, like basically a machine gun, but with coming out of palms. I was like, oh, that's not a bit of design there. That's pretty. That's clever. Um, <laughs> what if what if you're a wizard who could shoot as well? Uh, coming to a Tom Francis game near you. <laughs> I found it really fascinating also because um like the 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 main character is um person of color and uh um uh, a woman so and it the 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 kind of the dialogue in the trailer while I wouldn't say that it's kind of you know um oscar uh, material exactly um it's it's kind of going over itself to emphasize kind of an emotional reaction to everything that happens in it yeah um, which games don't tend to do mostly it's like hella cool you've got an awesome gun and that's the emotion <laughs> like that that's where you go and like here's a fucking cool enemy and there's your next emotion and this one's kind of you know doing actual human emotions instead and and you know from a kind of a female's perspective because it's lots of voiceover from from the character i really um, like that yeah yeah and and um and that I found that really interesting. It feels very, very much a post kind of life is strange game in many ways, kind of. And I wonder whether it's one of the marks. Like this is, you know, this is as high budget as games get these days. And if, if you know, this global publisher is is thinking, hey, life is strange has has exposed this enormous um, market basically for 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 games which are not those traditional kind of it is not god of war <laughs> where the emotions yeah. are you know anxiety dad you know mm, mm. um male male centric stuff that's really interesting and exciting actually um and um you know that's that's what i that's my takeaway that's the take that's the take yeah it's, uh, i've played as so many 35 year old men and i <laughs> i am a 35 year old man and uh, it's it's you know it's just great to see different characters appearing. Actually, like uh, youthful ca- characters that are excited about the situation and what they're doing, which is like a yeah. strange like there's there's a kind of a youthful enthusiasm. I thought that about Kamala Khan in the Marvel Adventures game as well, uh, and that there are loads of characters that are just kind of more earnestly into the fantasy of the thing and, and yeah. without the kind of gruff aloofness and hard-boiled attitude that you see in a lot of uh typical leading characters uh we're big at like a gtc talk about a decade ago and um they flashed up a, a kind of uh, a big uh, series of um uh character headshots and they all oh, just yeah. like nathan drake <laughs> just some some take on on that that they were one all formula. called cole <laughs> Cole or Jack or Jack Cole or some combination of those those common <laughs> names, and uh, yeah, it's just like well, you know, we, we have these incredible tools that let you model any world you want to, and uh, decide to go with this sort of market default yeah. for, for everything because because maybe because it was assumed to be safe. Um, so I, I I I would like to see that applied to the environments in the game. I think because. Uh, you can get sucked into a cool fantasy world, but this one, I think all like, loads of fantasy worlds look exactly the same to me. Uh, they've got the How same do you like them, um, rock formations. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> also, um, uh, if you want to do some ruins that you can't do better than a series of um, rings 
half broken poking up out of the, right. of the ground kind of you know next to each other to suggestive of something strange in eldritch and ancient as well yeah some um underlit rock formations with some floating pebbles and stuff like that it's just uh yeah it, it's not it's so so rote that it's it's not weird it's the it's completely the opposite i feel completely comfortable with that <laughs> with floating rocks in games now it's, it's lucky just, you've yeah. got the main character going wow that's amazing is that oh good oh yeah okay so, i'm reminded it. what i'm meant to be thinking now thank you <laughs> yes exactly it's like <laughs> oh no yeah this is supposed to be amazing and wondrous and actually oh uh, no it's it's, an, it's another one of those it's another monastery <laughs> what if monasteries were slightly bigger than normal hmm. <laughs> <laughs> makes you think uh, uh yeah I, <laughs> uh, that's a i'm kind of nitpicking there um the main the main problem was the cat <laughs> uh and we've covered that so uh, I'm, I'm excited about this game it's due early next year i think like february or something, something like that very excited <laughs> what else is announced so uh kotor's getting a remake mm-hmm. isn't it that's cool i guess I, I, i'm not it's hard to tell whether it's going to be like a significant like they're going to do something new with a new engine or new assets or anything like that or it's just going to be oh it'll run a nice resolution but 4k and they seem to so this, it's being produced by uh i'm gonna i don't know how, i've never heard the the this developer's name aspire? Said. i've only ever yeah aspire aspire maybe mm. but they've they've long been um kind of porting specialists especially for mac and a lot of them a lot of the kind of the, these sort of RPGs from that generation and before, kind of to to various places, and um, and I think the message from them is that yes, it's kind of you know it's 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 a full full rework, you know, bells and whistles, um, mm, and cool. kind of like to a level that they wouldn't normally do. Like normally, it's fairly um, what's the word? Um, kind of just kind of functional. Uh, yeah, functional like you know, here's your, here's that game you loved, kind of with mm. modern resolutions and stuff. But um, I was fascinated by the fact that there is no mention at all of Bioware in any of the literature, like any of the the press release or the um, the kind of the text during the um, the trailer. The trailer is literally the f- mask of the the bad dude, the, the bad Reven. the bad Darth. Darth oh, Revan, yeah. the bad Darth, yeah. they're all bad, Alex. <laughs> is that who? Darth Kind, is. apart from him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you just—it's it, a—it's a teaser. It's, it's massively just a teaser. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no mention of the actual original developers, which I found fascinating. That is odd, isn't it? It's like it's—it's uh, it's kind of baffling, isn't it? It's, maybe it's, it might just be like a administrative oversight. But deleted the authors. Oh no! <laughs> Apparently, some of the original creators of Kotor are working on this as well. So it's sort of doubly odd that you wouldn't play into that. <laughs> so maybe, just, maybe mm. Bioware's name is kind of not associated the, not with the, the, not the stroke, not the not the seller that it was. Gone down with Anthem. Yeah, that would be a shame. Who knows? Or maybe there's some sort of mad kind of legal reason who knows <laughs> yeah it's true true <laughs> but yes that's that's quite exciting i've never actually played oh no hang on i played about and um, two hours of it i um i got the um the xbox um original xbox version and played it on 360 and it was so glitchy and ran so badly that i came mm. up yeah it's, can't imagine it working properly on a console really uh it's i remember it's been years since i played it but i really liked it i think it's the reason why it's one of bioware's most famous games 
especially and it's, it's back in a time where like games came up with really interesting treatments on the star wars universe which sort of lent into some of the a lot of the sort of side fiction that span off from the films and mm. the idea that you know uh kotor and kotor 2 especially from obsidian uh it kind of just took a really interesting take on the jedi especially from a normal person's perspective on a new planet where it's just these kind of weird weird monks who are always at war and you don't know why and the idea of light side or dark side is kind of an, uh, a, a kind of mad religious concept to you so it's, that's a really interesting take on it yeah um of course like, yeah because i'm yeah. kind of aware from the from sort of outside of star wars and outside of this game that a lot of it is not, is kind of firm canon like you know mm. this is star wars that story is very much part of star wars yeah and like revan's a really cool character um and it's a reason why so in, in the mmo i think they added revan as a as a boss at one point huh. and it was a really massive deal they did a really good job of it um really nice dungeons in that game it's got a funny robot in it as well hasn't it it's got a funny robot it's got a hk unit uh who's <laughs> yeah. it's kind of a murderous assassin robot and uh completely honest about that <laughs> <laughs> and that so seems to have set a kind of like a tone for some of the stuff that sort of followed around um star wars as well i mean maybe, maybe there yeah. are precedents in in others other me like star wars media but um yeah i could see shades of that in stuff that i saw in the mandalorian and things yeah and uh, was there a big kind of sardonic robot in rogue one i think is rogue one probably uh, played by alan tudyk who was washed by play because we all live in the nerd universe now where everything is connected <laughs> by nerd rage some some <laughs> description it's cool though i'm glad it's coming back I'm interested to see it i'll play it again no <laughs> <laughs> you will oh you will. maybe you will and chris will chris will definitely yeah i think the rich um, might as well <laughs> have a kotor party <laughs> i think the, the best thing about the remake for me is that if it does well it kind of proves that there's an audience for knights of the old republic stuff so we might see more more from that universe it's a really really cool part of the, the fiction to explore and i'd love to see a kind of like bells and whistles modern uh kind of take on that be awesome throw all the money at it yeah throw all of the tech good good Absolutely. what else was announced is that is that most of the news those are the ones that caught my eye. Yeah, I think we've, we've we've consumed the news. Any thoughts about Uncharted? It's just Tomb Raider, isn't it? You play Tomb Raider, but it's, but, <laughs> but really pretty. <laughs> I've always liked it, and I've it's good fun. Don't see any point in a remake because uh, it looked great on PS4. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> Which is the kind same kind of story as Chicken for Toto. I was kind of amazing about whether to mention it. There's been mm. a bit of a backlash against the grand theft auto uh trailer that uh, rockstar um showed because i mean <laughs> if the game already looks like that especially if you put some mods on on pc and yeah there's yeah. just nothing in any way extraordinary about it but you know you're going to be expected to spend a bunch of money to um to be playing it on ps5 uh, the first bullet point in the trailer is um Oh, well, I can't remember the phrasing exactly. Seamless. I think it was seamless character transitions or something like that. You know, back in the day, I played it on PS3, which was probably the worst Not version blimey, to play. Yeah. Um, and changing between characters took, you know, a long time of loading. Uh, so the trailer shows you zipping between, you know, the, the camera, pop, you know, 
legendarily kind of zooms out to a kind of yeah. sunlight view and then zooms in on the map where they are the, the other character of the three that you had take control of in the story is um uh and you know it's it feels incredibly seamless however it was pointed out <laughs> by players that if you play the um the the version of you know gta 5 made for xbox the last generation of xbox on your new generation xbox it's incredible um ssd technology is already doing that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, of course it is yeah so nobody needs that game in many for many reasons and you know i think i feel very much that um on uncharted the dust has not settled on that game like it looks extraordinary or still it like it yeah. you know the way the like we are definitely especially with with remakes like that in the um ever di- ever diminishing returns land because mm. they were good already yeah they're really beautiful you're sort of like looking at a something you have to really get to the guts of the game to actually give it any extra flourish like control did well with like it's um ray tracing and stuff like that that was fairly significant update i think that does probably if you've got a brand new pc is like oh look at that shadow um <laughs> whereas it feels as though those games especially stuff like uncharted which is kind of a kind of roller coaster game there are relatively open sections in parts of uncharted 4 actually which are really fun drive around yeah. desert environments and do little platforming puzzles here and there yeah um but fundamentally like so much love and attention to I mean, apply to every texture in that game already just mm. I don't know what you do to it. <laughs> it already looks like I think, a ro- yeah, all the rocks I look think, like rocks now. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that I think that sort of Naughty Dog are, are the kind of developer who 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 make what they do make perfectly, and mm. and everything else is a matter of um, incredibly careful um, optimization, yeah. which means that the game design that you play is built around what that generation of con- hardware can do. If you want a new uncharted uh like a, a next gen one that's the wrong way to say it like the um updating the graphics is not really the point of a next gen kind of uncharted it is all of the extra streaming and things that it could do to make larger environments and them having to do fewer optimization tricks in order to make everything look good you know i just don't see any point in in kind of buffing up what's already there because it's already at the peak you know yeah it feels as though like the real question when it comes to visuals is kind of where you put the energy and i'm really pleased to see more and more energy going into performance capture and tailoring performances on characters Mm. um to get to the stage where i I like i do find it much easier increasingly easier to you know be carried along by the emotional journey the character is having because they are reacting to things and uh they're not kind of somewhere horrible in the uncanny valley anymore. Like there's occasionally when a, a character smiles, often like very extreme expressions can still look really weird sometimes. Um, and, and uh, sometimes that cat happens and, you know, <laughs> there's no accounting for it. Uh, Hats but, off to that hat. That <laughs> reminder. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but for the most part, like it's awesome seeing. So in um, the game we were talked about earlier, the, uh, what's it called? I've forgotten. Very forgetful names. Forspoken. Um, like her, the performance on the performance capture on her is fantastic. It's like it's almost photo realistic at points. Um, that's the sort of thing the next gen gets me excited about. But I'm not sure we need like super machines to achieve that. Maybe it's more just kind of uh, developers choosing thing. to put more resources into that 
like uh, that aspect of games to make yeah. the characters more interesting. But I don't. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Mm. So that's all the that's all the announcements I think that we so can that's remember. Every announcement that said this happened this year. We've just Actually, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> We've done it. Gone through it all. Um, so I've probably been playing some games. What have you been playing, Alex? Oh well, uh, I've been. I haven't had much time to play games, but I did play one. That I was kind of um, just caught my eye. Um, it's called Beat Blast, um, and it is a musical uh, roguelike geometry wars <laughs> Ooh, one of them <laughs> so um uh so you I mean, it's like geometry wars so it's a twin sticks shooter um uh it is roguelike in the sense that you're kind of moving through a space and upgrading your ship uh your weapons and general abilities and whatnot and getting as far as you can and there being kind of unlocks as you go as you play um kind of making the game broadening it out and making aspects of it easier and allowing you to get further and all that kind of thing and it's musical because and this is the this is the cool thing about it um because your weaponry um works on a um like a, a beat sequencer thing um oh, which is at cool. the bottom left corner of the screen uh, so you have um you have four different weapons uh which sort of ascribe to four different um channels um or in your kind of in your um, sequencer um and you can place uh what become called notes um that you earn over the course of playing into the sequencer and when the timeline hits a note that you place in the sequencer it'll shoot that weapon um mm. out um the, the four weapons are one that uh, sends a shot a three a purple three-way shot that's short range there is a longer range or like a, a blue one which is slightly longer range and um, explosive when it hits um, and hard hitting and there is a green one which uh, shoots further and faster and then there is a yellow one which uh, sends out a shockwave from your ship and it is totally up to you at any point you can shift around the notes that you've put into your sequencer and change uh the way your ship shoots completely um you've got these little kind of um kind of uh, uh if you put two notes into the same uh beat uh the same kind of time point in the sequence so say if i put um one in the the purple three spread shot and one in the blue explosive shot now it will shoot three blue explosive shots uh when when the timeline goes to that point so like there are little kind of uh little things you'll be thinking about like that little adjacency bonuses i suppose you'd call them oh, which cool. give a little depth to it um and it's really really is clever and of course as you're doing it uh it's playing music um because each of those kind of those weapons will make a certain music and it, as you go through you'll also find musical notes um which are basically uh, instruments that you can plug or choose to have in any of those weapons uh so you're kind of choosing the sound that, that you're making as you're going along um and i've actually had some quite nice tunes i actually uh hopefully this will work we did try this before the show uh but i'm gonna try and play 
live some of that music. So it might be some weird buzzy nouns, but here we go. This is what it sounds like in play. So each of those kind of notes is a different bullet firing. It's a little um, stabbing sounds. Yeah. So I've got some some uh, triple firing, fast firing, long shots. I've got three blue ones in line, kind of going, kind of thump thump thump. And it's um, it's kind of really chilled. <laughs> I was about, I was about to say I was expecting something when you described it more kind of uh, aggressive than this. This feels like kind of quirky, plinky plonky. This yeah, is a it is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Look at this nice <laughs> corridor type music. <laughs> Wait, let me think of that. Exactly. I'm just turning it off. How does it look? It's um, it's 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 very vectory. It's sort of it's mm. definitely leaning on the um the the Geometry Wars uh, look, but honestly, not with any of that impact and artistry. Like Geometry Wars did lots of kind of effects of kind of these sort of uh, distortion effects as stuff hits to kind yeah. of, sort of emphasize thumping weapons and things and that would be my main sort of criticism of um of beat blast um like things don't really thump and they don't really have impact and um and it's like some of the kind of like the crunch isn't really there like um i'm I'm getting hit quite a lot um and it's not like there are huge numbers of enemies on the screen certainly not in the first kind of level set of levels um uh but i'll just kind of wander into the into the into a bullet because you just sort of slide into it and it all feels a little bit weightless as a result mm. it doesn't have that um kind of um uh you know that that sort of the crunch that you get in a um oh who did nuclear throne um you know the classic sort of indie kind of thumpy kind of twin stick sort of game design you know, like, you know, Nuclear Throne where, mm. like, for example, what I'd love in Beat Blast is if there's just an element of, of slowdown just as you get close to a, an enemy bullet, which emphasizes how close it is and makes you feel it feel dangerous while also easing things a little bit. Um, those sorts of things make games really fun. Yeah. And I think yeah. this really lacks that kind of thing. It doesn't help that because it's really leaning on this kind of really chilled out, music effect that you're building as you're going along um you don't have kind of a sense of threat even though like you you know in general you'll only have three hearts um as you go in so you can only take three hits um so that that's a bit of a shame but i have played quite a few games now back to back because because i want to just try out the weapons and it, and it really helps that um the upgrades and things are really really interesting um and surprising um the, the one of the first and i've been trying to recapture ever since one of the first runs i did i got an ability called spiral bullets and that meant that instead of shooting out as you'd expect them to the bullets would fire out and so they started orbiting my ship <laughs> and so i became this kind of whirling dervish of a of mm. kind of like of well colorful death and it was marvelous i'd want really really fun wanted to go back to that um at one point i got a sword and that, like, instead of firing bullets, I was swinging a sword. And obviously that was a bit shit and it was really dangerous because <laughs> I had to go close to stuff. Um, but <laughs> I won't be doing that again. But, you know, so that was, but it was a really expressive and interesting thing to try out. Um, 
uh, I had a thing where mines would shoot out. So there's a, um, oh, what's it called now? You have like a, um, a, a, a mega beat. I can't remember what it's called now. It's not called a mega beat, but it's this thing that um, will, will come into the first um, s- sort of um, time slot in the sequence. And at that point it will trigger uh, and mines uh, well, in, in my case, I got three mines. It was like a, a legendary level one. So there were some extra bonuses and things. And three mines would pop out the front and they would start homing towards um, enemies. That was really nice. I got one where these barriers would come out and, they, and enemy bullets would be attracted to them, therefore not to me. I got some orbiting little kind of dots, which um, absorbed enemy bullets instead. Um like there's loads of stuff that you collect over the course of a, a run and they've therefore felt really, really different. And I'm really kind of interested to to kind of explore more of those. Um, and I've only really got into the second world and because the, the challenge really ramps up, um, get a lot more enemies and you start having to output quite a lot of damage to just to clear them all. Um, and, um, and so, yeah, I, I kind of am very aware that I've got to kind of get a lot better for that. But you get all these passive unlocks as you play. You can choose, you can mess around with the difficulty level that you are playing at. So, for example, you can set it so you actually start with five hearts rather than three. Um, and that will kind of, you know, you have freedom to do that. And it will show you that that, that your the, the difficulty of your run has gone down a certain amount. I think it's on a kind of like a, you know, how how hard do you want it to be kind of thing mm. rather than in a mechanical way, which is really nice. You know, hey, I, I want more hearts, but I also want to have more elite level enemies generating. Fine, you just switch them on and more of those options unlock over time. Over uh, that's and that's a, that's a really generous, nice thing. There's a compete option in the menu, which, um, which is a weekly challenge, which you can replay um, when that has set kind of... Um, uh, modifiers for for a batter for the for your for your runs um and that that's really interesting as well particularly as kind of those modifiers change like we're acting for me as a little um you know insights into some of the stuff that's kind of i come come across in the game yet like these sort of very fast moving bullets and whatnot i really like it um you know, it's sort of just, I think, just at the end of, um, I think it's been out in early access for a while, but it came out as sort of 1.0 uh, uh, late last month. I would really like a bit more attention to those kind of crunchy, hey, let's get things slowing down when you're in danger. And, you know, those nuclear throny sort of heart in mouth, sort of second to second kind of game design stuff. But as a, as a, as a thing to do where in the middle of the game, you can completely change the way that your ship is. You can change it to being this kind of melee based thing because all of you, most of your notes you've invested in your um, kind of the, the, the yellow short range pulse weapon, go for it and probably dangerous, but, you know, mix that up with some other stuff, test it out, change it, just hear something new, like at the, the game feels sounds fresh as well. Yep, I recommend it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Awesome. What was that one called? Beat Blast. Beat Blast. Beat sounds Blast. really, really fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Sounds really cool. Yeah. I was um, actually uh, inspired by one of our last chats on the podcast. I have been playing a bunch of um, shmups and uh, I've, uh, nice. particularly like uh, Mushihimi Sama. 
<laughs> yes. So yeah, bang on that on the pod a while back. Yeah, it's really good, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> I just wanted to kind of like uh, flag it up again as being ace and such a bonkers premise for a shmup. <laughs> and it's it's like a you're fighting all these insects and they're, they're, some of them are just massive kind of flying caterpillars that are bigger than the screen and you're kind of like trying to take armor chunks off them as you're desperately <laughs> trying to dodge bullets. And then it's also kind of a love story or something <laughs> i don't know yeah it's, you're it's a princess happen. you're going somewhere on the back of an insect on the back of a beetle yeah and there's a, to rescue the spirit of the forest or something um <laughs> it's actually it's, it's like wait a minute does this game have a story <laughs> beyond the thousands and thousands of bright pink bullets it, it looks it's just a weird imaginative thing that's really I felt my whole body completely tensed up <laughs> throughout the whole thing as well. It's just that the, the way it keeps up the pressure on you all the time. Yeah. And then when you actually pop something big, you get um, the sudden relief of all those bullets instantly stopping. And there's a really nice uh, touch talking about those kind of like really small bits of game design that really kind of have that, have carry emotional weight. It's when you kill something big, uh, all the bullets pop and vanish in transit. Uh, for right, a, yeah. a lot of these enemies instead of continuing on their path like a Kruger does uh, or something else and that is actually that that's that exaggerates the the sense of relief and it gives you that massive kind of uh hit of uh adrenaline from like phew god yeah just survived that yeah I, you I kind of like myself. fear from sort of overwhelmed to sudden relief and then back to overwhelmed like it's just very quickly dire, yeah kind of going yeah. up and then down and then up and then down oh, so good it's really, and the way really they explode is just so good as well <laughs> it's great like, ica and kind of tokens and kind of bullets and oh so good <laughs> i just think about the um when you call something really really big the the frame rate intentionally slows down uh yeah. so to to sell it sort of watching it come apart but it's uh, it's like the frame rate drops like intentionally i think it's, it's not like the, the game can't handle the fact that a giant insect oh, no it, i think it is i think it is i think the the slowdown is technical like they are oh, getting it? too much into it because it's it's a perfect um uh emulation of the oh, hardware okay the original that's interesting so, i thought cause yeah. I, I assumed it might be a choice because um it just again it's that relief moment of seeing a thing slowly come apart but uh, it's kind of funny that that might be completely oh, but it's, it's definitely used as an, as an aesthetic and actually sort of mechanical thing because it allows you to actually cope with the sheer yeah. enormity of all the bullets <laughs> what's on going on, on. <laughs> yeah that's fabulous stuff yeah, yeah so i just want to say i've been really, really enjoying that it's a good recommendation um yeah it's good it's a cave for me this one it's a cave, it's a cave one yeah, yeah. No, the cave one's they're actually good. um if you, if you so they are releasing a lot of um their games on switch at the moment so i think machine miss summer is it came out maybe a few weeks ago and as bacaluda two or maybe just one um that came out this week i believe Oh, so fantastic. yeah, like the switch is is rapidly become the shmup machine. <laughs> That's awesome, but it's all on PC too, of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> what have you been playing apart from Mushimisama? Uh I've been playing. Speaking of uh, games where you, you can play them portably as well, I've been playing Divinity Original Sin Two. Oh, uh, nice! It's a, it's a very good rpg alex is, i really like this one uh, i think we've talked about it before on the podcast um but definitely, uh, it definitely rewards sort of lots more talking about i think so it's, it's um 
the reason I went back to it is because you can play it on the iPad. The iPad version is fantastic. It looks, oh, really? it looks incredible. And there's loads of kind of bespoke touch controls. Uh, it takes a little bit of getting used to, but it's the full Divinity 2 experience on iPad. And uh, crucially, uh, it shares saves with the Steam version. So oh, I could close down the iPad and then boot up Steam and it just automatically, the cloud pulls it from the cloud and I could just pick it up a PC and carry on playing exactly where I was. I mean, it's that's the dream, isn't it? It's the dream. That's, and that's... yeah, for it to work so so well, um, it's, it's just kind of feels like, oh my God, if we're really in 2021 now. It's the future. This is it's just like a basic bit of functionality. is so, so nice. It uh, feels kind of magic. Um and it, it, it's much, much easier to play on PC in terms of just like looking around the world and especially when you're kind of trying to uh, carefully position an area of effect attack during combat uh, using like my big fat finger is just nowhere near as good as kind of just <laughs> a nice bit, a nice mouse pointer. Uh, but it certainly works. It certainly works. And it, it's very, it's a game that rewards taking time um, because it's actually, one of the things that really struck me about it is that it's quite difficult. And uh, it's difficult in a way that has forced me to engage with the systems and actually learn the game. Mm. Um, whereas for many games that are difficult, I have a completely opposite reaction um, uh, where I basically sort of bounce off it and often think, um, well, I have not seen the promise of the game yet, so I don't feel as though I want to invest a lot of time and mental energy in trying to figure out the systems, especially if they're poorly explained. Uh, whereas there's something about Divinity Original Sin 2 that kind of, the, the, the promise is so evident <laughs> that it kind of it invites you to learn more about its kind of unusual system where characters have, um, as well as their health bar, they've got like an armor bar and a magic armor bar. And uh, crowd control skills are really, really powerful in the game when you knock people down or freeze them in place. Uh, it basically gives you loads of free attacks, uh, but they only work when you've drained one or the other uh, mm. of those of those shields. Um, and so you could magic spells take effect obviously when the magic barrier barrier is down and there are kind of like big punchy fighter moves that you can knock people down when the physical one is expended of course different attacks attack different uh, one of those two shields differently um and so you, you, this is really interesting tactical puzzle game to kind of focusing your party on perhaps two different characters and having your mages take down some of their magic bars and having your fighters take down some different enemies armor bars so that you can then unleash all of your crowd control effects and finish them on the ground um and if the game kind of like came out of the gate and explained that to you it would be like well screw that <laughs> that sounds yeah. horrendously complicated i don't want to do that at all but uh, because fights are so important in the game and there's so much kind of you could lose so much because uh resurrection scrolls are, are rare and very expensive uh, and so losing a character, having a character knocked down is a huge deal. So if you want to carry on with the adventure and kind of like go through fights with enough of a party left intact to complete the game, and you can, you can slay all, <laughs> you can get all of the characters you can pick up killed. And that's, that's the end of the game. You can't progress. So you've got to load an earlier save. Um, so in order to kind of avoid that fate, you've got to kind of engage with the systems. And it's a way of kind of, it's, it's, it's an interesting carrot stick balance in this game that I think a lot of RPGs in particular are not very good at. Uh, it's, it creates scarcity in the resources, and this is true of money as well, which is stuff is very expensive, which means that uh, suddenly putting uh, points into barter skills 
is actually very useful is because you want to get those resurrection scrolls mm. and think of how many rpgs you play when money is just pointless yeah like it's almost like money has to exist because society exists and society has money in it right so here's a resource for you it's to something kind of, that can drop yeah. without having to put any imagination into what that drop might be yeah that's really true you'd have to just design individual items then everything is just generically money <laughs> and yeah. you just gain it massively and also it's not you don't have to design you don't have to it's not a visual asset it's just a number on a on a character sheet um, whereas in this like um that money does let you buy very very functional items and because of those armor bars uh, the the magic barrier and the shield the armor barrier uh, you really want to invest in armor and make sure that you've got great armor to stop your enemies from uh blowing through your barriers to get uh, those crowd control spells off on you it's a really good little race that happens in each combat um it, and it rewards uh you could kind of like splitting up it rewards you splitting your party up and positioning mm. them so that your archers and your ranged characters if they're significantly higher than enemies they get like a 30 percent damage bonus on their stuff mm. really significant so whenever it, it, again it avoids the thing that lots of RPGs do where you can get tiny incremental bonuses everywhere and none of it feels like it matters whereas in divinity 2 if you're getting an advantage you're getting a massive advantage um and it's something that you want to seek out and actually try and you know manipulate the environment to present you with those opportunities because 30 percent is a significant enough upgrade to actually make that worthwhile mm. uh so it's, it's the, the carrot stick balance the way the combat works um the scarcity of the economy all of that is what makes it a very crunchy and satisfying rpg even though if to look at it, it looks like quite a light and breezy affair it's anything mm. but and i find it also kind of uh getting far enough away from D D while still kind of retaining some of the uh, some of the really, really good stuff about D&D. So I personally, I really like that you only get to level 20 in D&D, that leveling up is a really big deal. Um, and where you put like two skill points has a massive effect on dice maths and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But that is intact in Divinity 2 in their system as well. Um, and again, it's about incentivizing, uh, like every choice you make, putting stuff into a skill is going to reward you. Um, yeah. Uh, though one thing it does have is that there's as far as I can tell, there's no advantage whatsoever to uh, spreading your points across multiple skills for each character. You want to specialize because yeah. they, they're so targeted and like you, you've built a mage that is designed to strip mage shields and uh, putting stuff into anything that doesn't do that is pointless. But for the most part, I'd, I'd still, I'd want to call it out as a really nice bit of RPG design. Um, yeah, for sure. Really, it's quite interesting because at the same time, it's got that sort of, you know, um, the, all those elemental things in it. And, yeah. you know, like a, a battlefield can very quickly divulge into total chaos. And that's also, you know, that works surprisingly well with how um, careful and strategic it is or tactical it is. It does. It's also immediately rewarding in a way that uh, a lot of the, like, Fighters get a, 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 a tough class to realize in RPGs because um, they go up and they often you get one animation where they have to swing a thing at someone and then yeah. some numbers happen and that's the interaction. What and, ability do you want to use? I want to use the hitting them ability <laughs> yeah. with my sword. <laughs> exactly. Um, whereas, like in this, because there's such a kind of physicality to the, the elemental state of the world and and stuff breaking and uh, and again to that elevation, uh, the mechanics around elevation that like physically moving your fighters around in that environment is really important. And uh, coupled that with the fact that mages are absolutely, uh, like, they will burn you as much as they burn the enemy. Like, <laughs> they, 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 friendly fire is uh, on for most abilities. 
and that makes them a liability, frankly, <laughs> in a way that's that's really funny and entertaining. Uh, and even uh, and it's sort of like you could poke around with the game without understanding any of its systems and immediately get a, a fireworks display out of it that makes you think, oh man, that was. I'm, I mean, everyone's dead and I'm at the, ir- irreversibly <laughs> screwed. But that was kind of fun, <laughs> at least <laughs> before I died. There, there were lots of sparks and explosions and things. That was good, uh, and it kind of like it, it makes it very apparent that you need to be quick saving all the time. Um, and it's 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 well checkpointed as well. Uh, I find which is essential if you're going to have a punishing system like that. Um, and I find myself like replaying fights just to not lose one person. Uh, mm. And the fact I, I felt the need to do that and didn't get bored of it just shows you how much is kind of going on in that combat system. Uh, and I think it's going to sustain the, hopefully it sustains the interest further into the game. Uh, I'm still on the first island, which is massive. <laughs> so much yeah, like to that it. First, yeah, it's huge, huge, it's huge. It's really game. big. It's like a, 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 probably the size of an RPG unto itself, really. Yeah. meet so many interesting characters and stuff but like the, the main sort of whatever the turbo big quest behind everything is it's not even happening yet really <laughs> just kind of like going from fight to fight and meeting lots of uh kind of desperate people in this it's a nice nice world building there's a real sense of humor to a lot of the dialogue and stuff but yeah. oh, what's your main that, character I, i'm playing as the red prince of course uh, you are. Who, yes 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 which is it's the first one it serves up to you and with good reason, because A, you, you play a giant red lizard, and that's awesome. I love the character models in this game, and the armor design and stuff is properly kind of old-school D&D, but with extra color and uh, and flair compared to the Forgotten Realms. Um, so yeah, giant lizard, and uh, the red prince, his backstory is that he's obviously uh, he's nobility, and he's been hunted by uh, uh, the Shadow Clan or something. Um, the lizard people are after him, uh, even though he used to run the kingdom. Um, and also, uh, this is a famous slavers as well. So there's the kind of like darkness behind your character that you can lean into. Uh, and each uh, of those characters, they get their own specialized dialogue choices. So you can lean into the arrogance, uh, mm. of being the red prince, uh, and being like, you could be awful. You could be a really bad person, <laughs> which yeah, is, I, like, I love that, which is great. Uh, and is exactly how it should be. But I really like the voice acting as well. Like almost all, all of it's voiced. Um, which is really nice. There's actually explicitly a narrator who uh, they're they kind right, of yeah. there always is kind of flavor text that links dialogue options in uh, like Baldur's Gate and stuff like that. But having someone dramatically read it all out, it gives it this storybook feel that it's very much going for, uh, and makes it feel a, a little bit more like there is a DM there, yeah. like talking you through and like dropping jokes in and stuff like that. And it's also <laughs> got brilliant stuff like the ability uh, you can choose to take an ability that lets you talk to animals and then you get dialogue from every animal in the game if you want to, <laughs> which is wild. <laughs> it's not just wild. It's really, really cool. Like, I had a really interesting conversation with a rat earlier who was just kind of lingering around a corpse and it was it sort of like had all this dialogue about, you know, the secret world beneath the sands that he lives in. <laughs> well, this is amazing. Completely yeah. incidental dialogue. It's, it's not contributed to anything, but it's really good stuff. Love it. <laughs> really good. Oh my God, there are so many things. I'm just remembering so much in the game now you've got you've got so much for you to find <laughs> i i love the skellington man uh thane he's good i like yeah. thane um yeah so the the very first thing you get from him is that um yeah so uh, you, you could go out in public uh as a, as a visibly obviously undead person <laughs> and uh you know just your skull face and it freaks everyone to flip out <laughs> like people cannot handle it Rightly so, <laughs> because it's talking terrifying skeleton man. But uh, it's uh, the first helmet you find is a bucket. The buckets are actually just everywhere in the world, but you can wear them. 
Uh, and A, that's really funny. Uh, but B, it actually has a, a proper effect on the game if you're playing as Thane as the main character, or you can create your own characters as well if you choose to be an undead. Um, so it, because you, you, you might sometimes want that reaction, you might want to freak someone out by being undead, or you might want to, uh, as Thane would put it, like glide through the world a little easier and wear a mask that you've taken off a corpse or something. <laughs> And they managed to find this sort of, it's very kind of, uh, some of it's slapstick and some of it is kind of like wanting to be awful, you know, like Red Prince is kind of just being, being a bastard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But actually they, they always find kind of, you know, quite an affecting thread through these characters at the same time. I was really impressed with that. Like the, you know, you can be entertained and also find some depth to them always. Yeah, definitely. There's a, a they kind of they cleave a, they do cleave kind of to uh, Dungeons and Dragons stereotypes. The DD is just an obvious touchstone for it, even though I think it's significantly different from it and does its own thing. Um, but you do have your kind of chaotic evil rogue um, assassin type character. But then, but she then you realize quickly that she's on a revenge quest to find the person, the slavers who gave her the scar that she has. And I was playing as the Red Prince who comes from a family that, you know, is famous around the world for being slavers. I was like, oh, wow, this is kind of, this world is very light touch and full of humour, but actually that's a really interesting, thorny interaction that I'm in. And it deals with it as well. She has an attitude. Yeah, (laughs) she 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 hates it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and that's one of the things I really enjoyed about it is, um, I don't think this is too much of a spoiler, but effectively, like the the overall quest is that one of you is one of the one of the party, one of the main characters is the chosen one, mm. and your character, you know, you have a party of these characters, but you're playing one of them, and um, and fundamentally, all of the characters want to be the chosen one. <laughs> yeah, and you're going through the world and doing these quests together, and you know that there's going to be a reckoning, and mm. I found that just that's fantastic. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, there's been lots of hints dropped dropped that way, um, and it's yeah, it's, it, there's I like the world. Uh, it's full of just sudden moments of cruelty that are really unexpected. I, I, I don't mean that oh, cruel worlds are great by any means, but I think um, it's very well realised. So at the moment, I'm in some marshlands that were ruled by like a long dead guy who did experiments uh, with with his gang on on people, and um, the the new kind of religious cult that's taken over the island is pulling up weapons that he developed from the earth and using them to kind of oppress the local population is just and i was like oh, i'd read a book about that it's really good and just having that be a fairly incidental bit of world building in this particular area that i'm sure it'll yeah. drop right afterwards just speaks to the quality of of like the depth of the the storytelling and the the, the world building that's gone into divinity which is a universal i know there's been a few divinity games haven't there i've had absolutely zero interest in before playing this i've come to it completely cold um, and i've been completely sucked in by it oh i'm glad to hear it very good so one of the things i was thinking about all the way through that you keep bringing up we kept bringing up um D. uh of course that studio larian yes uh, has been making Baldur's gate 3 which is explicitly D and D. Have you like? Are you like me, not playing it until because it's still in early I'm, access? I'm exactly it? the same. I, yeah. I really want to play the finished version where they polish everything, and all the quests are in. Um, because I'm gonna, I'm only gonna play it once. I'm gonna play. There's such big games, there's so much to them. I, I, I want to kind of chart one path through it and have that have the memories of that one playthrough. So I want, uh, I want the game in its fullest possible state before I, I go in there. It looks really cool though. Um, I don't know how long it's it's gonna it, due to be in early access. It might just be kind of there until it's done type thing. Um, but it does look really cool. 
do that. Yeah, yeah, excited for it. Yeah, I kind of think keep thinking oh, I should play it, but then it's going to get better, isn't it? And they're going because I certainly found better. actually yeah. with um even with uh, um original sin two, um I played it and then they did a big update and my save just oh no all saves were were um scrapped. Yeah, all, that, right? yeah. you know you kind of think oh it's, it's, the game's better now, but oh fuck I've got to start again. But then you start again. And you have that extra little bit of knowledge and you think, actually, I want to try that character. And and mm. there's a fresh new game there. And because you go to the different locations on that island in a different order and you're, that new adventure actually feels very much its own thing. It didn't feel like too much like, um, you know, um, treading the same ground, which I, is yet another kind of incredibly good thing about this game because it's just so dense and going exploring the island you do feel like it's opening up for you as opposed to right yeah, we we've made this content and we're going to damn well make sure that you discover it so there's going to be a very obvious funneling towards you know this area of swamp where the the bad guy's been making horrible things in the past um yeah like you feel like you stumble on it um and you kind of have to think your way into getting into a lot of places yeah it makes it feel very much your own and then you realize that there oh there's a totally different way of doing that same yeah, thing totally. did before i i do oh, exactly so the same good. thing because uh the classic thing is uh game gives you choice and what that often means is there's a vent somewhere if you want uh yeah. there's the yeah. front door do and you want to go through the vent the front door <laughs> or, yeah. Or, or yeah so equivalent like it's one of those two things whereas with this um there are so many like it must have been a nightmare to design because it, the whole location feels open and porous but there are only a few ways to, like it very carefully gates your progress yeah and that's uh, just and like giving you teleport like yeah which is <laughs> early so on good. it says you, you get this very obvious quest saying like this is where you learn how to teleport and then you think oh my lord look what we can do now we can break the game and yeah like, right the world is it's designed around it but very it feels so powerful <laughs> it's an amazing ability to get because it's endlessly useful in every aspect of the game it's just sometimes it's just quicker to teleport a mate over to talk to someone yeah. <laughs> and and it's also you could use it anytime in combat it's it's a brilliant example of just a, a, again we talking earlier about everything having utility and if you get if you get something um or you choose to wear the item that gives you this skill and you might take like a stat hit for it like other thing other gloves or whatever might be better in stat terms um, no, you make the choice because you get this power, and that that is that is really good item itemization, um, and that power like I love to use it in combat to drop people into fires that are <laughs> happening. So I, I'll pluck an archer off a, off his tower and just drop him in some flames, and it's like ah. I remember the origin of that spell, which came from a story, and it was intended to let me get to past a certain place physically, but now it has this combat utility and will be with me. I think for the rest of the game, it's really yeah. good. Just one <laughs> example of how clever the game is. <laughs> ah, so good. Oh, I'm glad you've been playing it. It's been good to to. I've I've got it. it I I haven't finished it. It's so long. I think Marsh mm, finished it, but wow. it took a long time to make it to finish it. And it does um, reward. It does reward that effort. <laughs> Shall we do questions from questions? Let's do questions from questions. Um, actually, we've only got one question. Uh, on that note, I, 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 I was, I, I'll say this now. I'll say it now. Um, you might have noticed, uh, dear listeners, that we haven't had that many questions lately. And that's because we haven't been reading any out, I should say. That's because we haven't actually been receiving that many questions. 
and that kind of makes sense because um, we've had a lot of questions over the years, over 380 episodes. Um, and so maybe we've answered more badly uh, all of the questions or a lot of the questions. Um, so we were thinking that um, we're actually doing a lot of thinking about um, the format of the show and that kind of thing. And um, maybe one of the things that we think about is audience participation um, in the show and um, what kinds of ways you'd like to interact with us as we, um, as we, as we pod. Um, if you have any ideas, maybe you wanted to, to ask us to play certain games. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Let us know uh, at um, Crate and Crowbar. Or, what is it? <laughs> Crate and Crowbar <laughs> at gmail.com. Uh, uh, I'll say some more details on how to get in touch at the end of the show. But um, yeah, let us know about if you have any ideas for ways you'd like to interact with us and things you'd like us to do, basically. Uh, because, well, any chance to, to freshen up the stuff is always a good thing, right? It is a good thing. Um, in the meantime, we'll do a question from question. Uh, and this person in question comes from James, who writes... Dear CNC, your correspondent in, uh, in episode 379, which is our last one, uh, described the enjoyment we found in playing every level of Doom from a pistol-only start. In 1993, at 12 years old and playing a copy of Knee Deep in the Dead from a cover disc of PC Review, I found Doom technologically astounding, but so intense I couldn't cope with it for more than 15 minutes at a time. As the kind of person who always reads the instructions for everything, I said to read me carefully. Buried in there somewhere beneath the plot explanation was an option to disable the monsters. Not in the cheat codes that everyone knew. ID KFA, ID SP... I know this one. ID SPISPOPD. I think my fingers... I think I still have the muscle memory for that one. Anyway, but not one of those, but an actual command line switch. You just had to start the game with the command Doom hyphen no monsters and all the terrifying threat would be eliminated it seems a much easier way to play and it was a documented option not a cheat code so it was legitimate sadly the end of the, the ending of the final level of shareware doom shareware doom is triggered by killing two barons of hell who appear in the final room with no monsters there, there was no way to complete the game. I didn't have a save from an earlier level, so even after restarting with monsters, I could only get them back if I died and restarted the level with just the pistol, which was too hard for 12-year-old me. <laughs> that sounds quite familiar, really. Uh, uh, the question that James asks is, what games have you inadvertently ruined for yourself with a rule you really shouldn't have used? Actually, Doom is a really good example. Uh, mine would be that I just IDKFA'd and IDSPISPOPD'd uh, and ran through all the uh, levels, got to know them before I discovered them in the way they should have done. <laughs> and I don't know, I just punctured a lot of the, the the beautiful game design that was in there that I actually sort of properly just rediscovered when I sort of started playing it again in kind of more recent years and uh there's that i was also going to say that um i was interested you, you brought up msama because i remember that graham asked me at the time like how do how do i play shmups and like i am not a good shmup player i'm not an experienced shmup player i enjoy them and um and there's something that i the, the way that i've discovered works for me best is not to continue 
um, to use the number of, you know, the number of lives that the game just gives you um, mm. makes the games work for me much better because you just, there's a point at which the intensity of the game is such that you're just throwing lives away and you lose the connection with what's happening and lose the the thrill of it fundamentally. And you're not actually learning the game because you're just mashing your head up against constant restarts kind of deep into level four or five. Um, the way I've been playing Mishima Sama is to only play um, single credits. And when I die, don't continue, start again from the start. And through that, I've grown to learn levels one and two so that I can get through them without dying. If I'm playing well anyway, I know them well enough at any rate. All I've got to do is actually get good hands and eye coordination. But um, that's something that kind of, there are definitely some shooters that I have ruined for myself because I lost the meaning in them because I was restarting and, you know, level mm. life after life after life was just going by and I didn't enjoy them. And um, yeah, I've, I wondered how, how, how were you playing Mishim Summer? I mean, because I'm not criticizing anyone that would go through at all. It just doesn't really work for me. I kind of lose the thread. Uh, so I've been playing it where it just, I just, it gives you the continue countdown and I just can't not keep going, yeah. <laughs> taking whatever life it gives me. Because I just kind of want to see the, the new weird creatures. I yeah, think yeah. Um, with those cave shmups, I think they're all about, I don't know, half an hour long, perhaps, if you go through all of it in, in one go. I guess the, yeah. uh, uh, so I like to see it all, but now when I go back to it, I will actually start learning the levels because the, the, there's, with those games in particular, so it feels like when you start limiting those, the life pool, you start having to learn enemy attack patterns and when they appear on the screen, where you need to be and that kind of stuff. And also like which of the weapon formations, things that you, you have that you prefer using, uh, then you actually sort of have to start learning the game, I suppose. <laughs> sort of like looking, <laughs> yeah. looking at pictures and be like, Ooh. Yeah, exactly. And um, I think that um, I think there's a sort of I think there's obviously a point where, you know, if you're good at you, know, you became you become insanely after a while, you become insanely good at level one. And like a lot of a lot of um, modern or modern kind of conversions of shmups, like have some sort of tool that allows you to to dip directly. I think actually for Mishim Sama, it doesn't come packed in. Or does it? Oh, I think there might be actually. I think yeah, you know, often mode, yeah. they have mods and things that allow you to to go straight to a certain level. Yeah, and you know, or you have save states where you can go to that one point and then just do rote learning, which sounds kind of on it the face of it really boring. But actually, these le- these games are just so densely interesting. Where like Mushima Sama, like there are so many layers of things to learn. Like first, it's just how you deal with the bullets and then it's about um there's a certain ways that you shoot that yeah. are more effective than others there's a certain pulsing way that you do it and there's a kind of like a there's an auto fire but there's also like a single fire thing and there's a there's a surprising amount of nuance in in the way that you actually fire then you realize that there as, as tom was saying earlier on there are certain enemies that when you destroy them um bullets would disappear off the screen and so when you know which ones they are you can control the number of bullets on the screen then you've got to learn like positioning and that kind of thing where you're dominating the screen rather than um sort of reacting to what's happening and like that means knowing where the enemies are going to come in that you've got to focus fire on because they're going to dominate you otherwise uh, because their bullets are going to start sort of you know shepherding you into areas that you shouldn't really be putting you on the back foot like yeah layer upon layer upon layer like 
they're just I, I've never read anything about the game designers about about what they do and mm. there must be a, some material out there that goes deep into what they're thinking about because on the surface a lot of the cave shooters they're kind of just like you've got these similar looking patterns like of yep. enemies that swoop in from the left and then from the right and then from the left and then from the right and then you've got some and you know from the middle and then they come down actually there's there's the real artistry in designing those those waves and and I, how that do done i don't know how done no it's it's so deliberate and i think um so there are certain like attack patterns in this game where they're almost like streamers that are kind of controlled like you can't really go across them and they kind of carve up the screen in shapes that you're kind of having to fight within for a little bit until the stream yeah. the laser stops and then you have to kind of escape from uh it, it's just like there's this, it's such an interesting kind of like suppose you're being trapped and shifted into places that feel really uncomfortable like you just yeah. know this is really dangerous and there's not much room to maneuver and then figuring out the levels lets you avoid that beforehand hopefully and not get into a position where you're definitely going to lose a life uh it's, there's so much to them uh, and that, I think that makes them sound super daunting. I think they kind of are if you engage with them on it, like, oh, just going to do it all in one life and get a high score type thing. But you can blast through them as well. Um, yeah, uh, you can blast through them. And, or you can say, hey, uh, I, my project is just to get good at level one. Yeah. And yeah, so you get level, you level one. And then maybe maybe you'll try out level two next. Yeah. Like chop it up into pieces. I mean, that's another thing that I learned that works better for me. Hmm. Hmm. This has ruining games for myself. Uh, I've done this with mods. Uh, <laughs> part of <laughs> actually, uh, and I, I think the most ruinous version of this I experienced was actually like happened with Skyrim and Oblivion to an extent, <laughs> where it wasn't so much the mods I was installing. So I was, just, I was trying to get you know better rock textures, or whatever, create a more kind of immersive experience, fix the UI. UI mods for Skyrim are excellent. Um, but the game became finessing my mod pool <laughs> and I would play the game and I'd be like, oh, that's not quite right, right. Or that doesn't seem to have installed properly. Or is this supposed to be working this way? Or, <laughs> uh, and, and suddenly, and I would stop and I'd go back into the mods to see if there are any conflicts. And I spent more time doing that and then looking for new mods that that became the game entirely. <laughs> I realized that I wasn't actually playing Skyrim anymore. I was playing little 10 minute bursts to look for stuff mods were doing. <laughs> Or yeah. weren't doing that needed, or gaps that needed to be filled, and uh, at that point I realised that, that whatever kind of kernel of respect I had for the world as a, as a place, as a kind of you know, <laughs> as a, an, the illusion of that that of going on an adventure with a with a hammer and hitting goblins, was was gone. <laughs> it, it was instead of kind of like I was just sort of gardening and you know pruning bits of it, um, and spending as much yeah. time doing that as actually enjoying disengaged it. eye. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and um, to no effect, <laughs> it became a completely pointless waste of time because uh, I was trying to improve something that I was no longer interested, in, or able to invest in because of the act of tinkering with it. Um, and I find that with a lot of lot of mods and a lot of cheat codes can do that as well. Like, uh, so taking all of the enemies out of levels, and suddenly you're just kind of. Sometimes it can work great. I think people have done this with them um, horror games and. Uh, found the, where the world building is so strong that, that you're able to just make all the enemies dormant and get a really good experience out of it. Um, but yeah, for, for the most part, yeah. it, it, once you take out that stuff, suddenly 
what you're seeing is a kind of an empty film set <laughs> and it's like all the all the cameras and all the lighting people have gone home all the makeup artists and all the actors have gone home and you're just sort of like standing here in this kind of completely completely artificial space and uh wondering what on earth you're what, what, what you doing there uh, so it's <laughs> quite easy to shatter the illusion i think <laughs> oh it's like these games were designed intent with intentions <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, maybe we weren't supposed to meddle. <laughs> yeah, man was not supposed to meddle. Well, I think that's all we got time for uh, this evening. Um, so, like, yeah, like I said uh, earlier, if you do have any ideas for um, for audience participation, um, let us know. Um, you can send it to uh, our. Um, we can actually. Mm, Questions at CreightonCrowbar.com, you can put it there because that will just pop up in the very place that we're thinking about it. Um, you can hang out with us and our community on our Discord channel. Maybe you can discuss it there. Um, uh, you can find the link for our Discord channel on our website at CreightonCrowbar.com. If you have a question for a future episode, uh, send it to us. <laughs> I'm reading off a sheet and I've just <laughs> confounded myself. So <laughs> Uh, we're on, on, uh, Twitter at, uh, Creighton Crowbar. Uh, you can also listen to the show on, on YouTube. We'll also find, uh, various spin-offs, um, and bits and pieces, uh, that we do, including Ministers Monthly. Um, uh, that's at, uh, YouTube slash Creighton Crowbar. Um, Creighton Crowbar is kindly funded by our Patreon backers. If you'd like to know more about supporting our podcast and its spin-offs, uh, visit us at uh, patreon.com slash, you guessed it, Creighton Crowbar. That's all the stuff. I've been Alex Wiltshire. I've been Top Senior. Thanks, Thanks for listening, for listening everybody. everybody.